You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com I've invited you here to discuss something that's very important. We welcome you. Welcome back to Godzilla vs. Podcast Zero. I'm George. I'm Haley. We've got another exciting episode this week, and yes. we've got possibly uh, the, what would you call it, like the, the the super showdown of Godzilla movies? Oh, hell yeah. The the 50th anniversary Gojira movie? Yeah, it's Godzilla Final Wars. This Do-do-do. is the WrestleMania of Godzilla movies. It really is. It honestly, it, it's like WrestleMania meets the Matrix. Yeah, that's a great example. And you know what? I had to look up the date multiple times of when this movie uh, came out because I thought there's no way I, this had to have come out like right around the same time as The Matrix, but it was you know significantly after, right? Like uh, this yeah. was 2004. Uh, yeah, this was 2004, so the it came out I think after the second Matrix. Yeah. Um, so, but there there was very much uh, influence from The Matrix. There was Star Wars influences in this one. There's um, Alien. Yeah, Alien for sure, Uh, Godzilla, Independence Day. Yeah, it's got like the whole, the whole shebang, the whole, the whole shebang shebang. It's it's super cool. And this was, we pulled this from our suggestions on Twitter uh, because we were like, let's, let's just do it. And And by the way, sorry, we've been out for a little while. There's, there's a lot happening, I think, in the world. Um, Really? Like what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, um. They have Name more. To- they have toilet paper, huh? <laughs> Name ten things. <laughs> All right, more toilet paper. Uh-huh. S- still no, still no real pasta because all the gluten free people d- went back on their promise. Oh, really though? G- but guess what? I got okay. Look, you go to Seven Eleven, and you wouldn't think Seven Eleven has high quality stuff. Seven Eleven has some of the best pasta I've ever had in my life. First, like, sort of, it's like the highest quality. It's like straight from Italy. It's really good stuff. I don't know. I'm signing. What, I'm just like Barilla? Is it like Barilla or whatever? Yeah, the- like Barilla or something. It's like, and you can tell it's the it's the really good, um, like fresh made pasta too, because they ah. have like it still has that little thin coating of flour on the noodles too. Ooh, all right. I'll go to Seven Eleven. I got I gotta go there because now it's yeah. like toilet pa- toilet paper's back, baby. But back. but there's still some. There's still like a dearth of of like other stuff i think so but besides and besides that there's also there's also an immense social revolution happening uh which is pretty cool i think actually i'd say it's very cool uh i think that you know we we tweeted about it but we feel that godzilla would say black lives matter so we're saying black lives matter too also just from ourselves um and if you're somebody that is interested in that, I mean, you should be. Uh, but if you're somebody that's looking to start the conversation, learn a little bit more, whatever, there's a lot of great books out there, you know, like our awesome critical history and filmography of Toho's Godzilla series that we always use. But there's also great books like The New Jim Crow or White Fragility. Uh, and these are these are really good uh, ways to open up your eyes to different stuff. Someone looked uh, at that, uh, that book to me the other night, um, a friend of mine, White Fragility. And yeah. I started reading it and I, like, I could only find like a preview version online and I only read to page 25 and I'm like, and she's like, you gotta, 
you got to find the rest of it. You got to read the whole thing. That's when it gets good. I'm like, oh, okay, I will. Okay. <laughs> You're like, please stop being so white and fragile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right just calm down i'll read your book just calm down I'll read your book <laughs> read your book read my book <laughs> yeah yes yeah. trade your books new jim crow i thought is a really good book by the way What's and i got about? it uh it's about our prison system being like a new jim crow law sort oh, of thing and uh and i there was a lot I, I think I walked into it, to be honest, a little skeptical about it, um, but the it instantly pulls you in and it's it's really, really fascinating and it's super well said. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I learned a ton. I came back from that book with like a hugely different perspective. Uh, nice. Yeah. So pick it up. It's good. And the audiobook was really good. I thought the narration was good. You know how like sometimes audiobooks suck. Yeah, boy. Um, there's some. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's some. There's some audiobooks where, like, uh, I recorded one. So having recorded one, I'm super hyper aware of certain ticks that authors have when they're yes! reading. Yes. And some of them have like, the little when they have when they finish a sentence, they they leave a little verbal. Yes. Nuts hearing that little tick tick noise at the end of every sentence. Some people. Um, have pregnant pauses, ums and uhs, just all sorts of things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what happens at the end of those pregnancy pauses? Gender reveal pauses. And <laughs> it is so annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's what happens after a pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> Please love me. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's, she's making that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I, I I haven't seen a, a, more than one person together. <laughs> I know. I know. So I went to my I went to a restaurant for the first time since quarantine this week, and you, it oh. was it was weird. It was weird. It's so post apocalyptic. Um, the food was delicious. Okay, let's start Where, there. That, where'd you go? I went to this Cuban restaurant called Versailles. Oh, that place is awesome. It's so good. If you ever come to Los Angeles, I guess people in Florida, you guys have good Cuban down there. Yeah, I, you guys are I, all set. Right? Yeah. Fuck off, Florida. Yeah. With your yeah. awesome yeah. Cuban food. <laughs> yeah, we get it. Pipe down with your Cuban. Look, on this coast over here, we got a few restaurants and we're really happy with them. And so <laughs> this, one, this is one of them. They have, they're famous for the number six. Uh, I'm going to go on a quick tangent here. I, my friend from Utah came out to visit a while back. I took him to this Versailles Cuban restaurant and um he's he's just he's difficult okay he's really <laughs> difficult especially when it comes to ordering food and so we go to it we go it's down. like very particular oh yeah well he likes to give the air of being very particular he likes to give <laughs> the, he likes people to think that he's very discriminating and very like you know sophisticated with his food um i told this on my old podcast but he would take the menu and just like do this thing with his finger. He's got this like long bony finger and he, <laughs> he like raises the menu up and down and starts going, Hmm. <laughs> they hmm. Sound, are you sure this isn't death? <laughs> like, <laughs> does he wear a large cloak with a hood and carry around a sign? <laughs> no, I wish he, he just wears denim, uh, denim jorts. Um, so, <laughs> so he's always like, hmm, 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 I don't know what to order. Hmm. And he always orders the same thing. That's what drives me nuts. And like the waiter will come by and, and his name's 
I'm just gonna say it. his name's Roy. I've talked about him before. And oh, yeah. <laughs> when the waiter comes by, she's like, "What do you want to order?" And he's like, "What's in your polo burritos?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, dude, it's pollo. It's pollo burritos, <laughs> and it's chicken. You know it's chicken." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Yeah, but what else is in it?" I'm like, "It's rice. It's a burrito. What? What do you think? It's the same stuff in every burrito. It's just it's a burrito. Just get it." <laughs> and then he doesn't get it. He gets like the bean thing. Um, anyway, so I took him to this Versailles, this Cuban place, and I'm like, listen, man, there's one thing on the menu you have to try. It's the number six. That's, that's what they're famous for. You won't regret it. Just get the number six. He goes, mm, 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 like, you know, his usual bullshit. And he orders a pork dish, and he and he's sitting there, like, picking at it. He doesn't like it as much as my, he's like, oh, yours looks pretty good. I'm like, yeah, I told you to get the, the number get six. The six. And he goes, can I try yours? I'm like, no, no, you can't. Okay. <laughs> No, so you mean not. You had your chance, Roy. <laughs> you... <laughs> no, Roy. No, Roy. Done with your shit. <laughs> What's in a six? It's just like half a chicken with this amazing rojo sauce. It's like a garlic, um, garlic oniony lime sauce. Like um, you're in a relationship, Haley. It's probably yeah. fine, but you got to go there with your boyfriend because if because if, if either one of you go there alone. You're not going to be kissing for like two days. It ruins your breath. Oh, got it. Great. Good to know. Yeah, I've yeah. I yeah. we're prepared for that. I I did that. I did that to him early on by accident because I made mm-hmm. I'm Italian. Garlic? I'm Italian. Well, I made like a this. I I made what did I make? I made like some pasta sauce and I put a lot of garlic in it. And then every like for the next 24 hours, we were just lethal. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know that's the italian love story this is the test <laughs> hey but speaking of lethal breath <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's it. <laughs> godzilla godzilla if godzilla ate garlic <laughs> he's got some garlic breath for sure <laughs> he definitely does Godzilla, Godzilla loves garlic bread. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we got Final Wars, Final Wars, the uh, 50th anniversary uh, Godzilla film. So this is a big, a big deal. Came out in 2004, and uh, this was uh, so. This one had a, you know had a lot of our our favorites, a lot of our classics. Akira Takarada looks like the same now as he did. 25 years ago or wait 15 years ago sorry uh i can count uh he looks the same as he did 15 years ago he was the he's like the secretary of you know he gets like possessed about and he's the dog like he becomes the defense secretary i think right yeah defense secretary i'm like he's secretary of thing um but he's back in it we've got uh we've got oh don fry is playing captain gordon and we there's we got the zillions are back Cause that's mm-hmm. is it, aren't they the uh, monster zero? Aren't they zillions? Yeah, and the, oh man, I was so excited to see them again. Um, the dialogue is like a different kind of camp. It's not exactly oh, the same, the, like the way they talk. But it, it was a lot of fun. Did you did you do subs or dubs? I couldn't find subs on this one. Um, I I looked at uh, so I found both. I was oh. only I, I, yeah I only checked subs a few times because there were some really obvious dub overs of the yes. original dialogue that I thought, okay, maybe in the subs, they, they use the correct dialogue. They make more a, sense. Well, there's a, there's a few parts where they use the F word in this movie. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, uh, and, but they didn't say it, but you could read their lips there. That's what they were saying. And it was very clearly dubbed over. 
And so I went to, to find the Japanese subs to, to check those scenes to see if they were actually, you know, use them in the subtitles. And no, they didn't. Um, so I think ah. what probably happened is this movie came out. Um, the It was like a holiday season when it came out. It went up against Howl's Moving Castle yes. and The Incredibles. And this came in third in the box office that weekend. It was a pretty disappointing opening. Um, really let down Toho Studios. They had high hopes for this one because yeah. there were so many, uh, so many monsters. It's such a big budget movie, such an awesome movie. Um, it's the so director much fun put up a lot of his own money for it. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he put up his own. He put up a huge chunk of money of his own money. Like had his family chip in and everything because he wanted to make it the best it could be and wanted to and was really deeply influenced by the more like gritty, dark, that sort of stuff, which you can see in this one. Right, for sure. It was very much that. Um, it's so well done. It's a masterfully done movie. I think it's uh, this was the final movie done in the Millennium series. Is that correct? Yes, I think so. Yeah. And so. Um, this movie was was going up against a bunch of other family movies for that uh, you know that that holiday season, and Howl's Moving Castle and uh, The Incredibles uh, were the were the winners in Japan, yeah. and this movie came in third. It didn't it didn't have like the big box office, but I think part of the reason is they may have they may have thought the movie was too dark and too gritty for a family movie, and so that's probably why they may have gone back and toned down some of the language. And they like did. That. They put. They kind of so this was actually in in an argument uh, all the way through production because the director uh, so Kitamura uh, Ryohei Ryohei Kitamura wanted to um, do something more uh, gritty and stuff and he was actually just about to go direct uh, a film the film uh, based on the manga Azumi in 2003 but then they asked him to do godzilla and he was like well okay i i gotta do it and so he wanted to do this gritty thing and then tomiyama felt like it, it we sh they should be aiming it at kids they should be aiming it at kids this is what put it on put it on the map uh, as a long-running franchise that's what we should be doing so there's definitely like two philosophies all the way through yeah, you can kind of see that interplay too, because the stuff with Godzilla, the fight scenes, you know, they're, they're, they don't hold any punches. There's some really cool fight scenes. Hell yeah. And in terms of uh, gore and kaiju films, you know, the, you don't see a ton of it, but uh, this movie definitely had some dismemberments and stuff like that. It's not as gory as I would say, like, when was the first movie we both noticed the gore? Was it Godzilla Raids Against versus Anguirus? Oh, yeah, because he like tears a hole in his neck. Right? Yeah, there's, yeah, and he bleeds, and you're like, wow, you weren't expecting that. And then also yeah. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, when he gets the missiles lodged into his... Oh, yeah. So it wasn't as gory as that, but you definitely saw dismemberments. But then, on the flip side, you have, like, these these soft, tender moments with uh, Manila, which is... Yeah, uh, Manila. of Godzilla, yeah. I could have done without Manila. So. I didn't need Manila. Yeah, I mean, you, you know why they threw that in there. Like, you, they had the, the little kid, kid in there that was... That, that was very much them trying to go for the family angle. But this, let's just talk real quick, um, just overall impressions of this movie. Yeah. I loved it. It was I so much fun. loved it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This was the first time I'd seen this movie. I'd seen parts of it. I'd seen some of the fight scenes here and there. But, like, this was the first time I'd seen it all the way through. I'm so glad. And, you know, sometimes um, when I'm in a hurry, I, I try to, like, you know, I, I try to, like, look ahead and see, like, how much time I have to watch this movie. This one, I just, I enjoyed, I rewound parts of it. I, yeah. I did enjoy the whole thing all the way through. This was the Mad Max Fury Road of Godzilla movies. Totally was. That's a really good comparison. Right? Because, <laughs> like, in Mad Max Fury Road, it's a nonstop, 
you know, it's it's almost like you hit you hit the pedal to the metal and it doesn't end until the movie ends. This so was like, kind of like that. There was no dead. There was no like lulls. There were no um, slow parts. It was just it was fantastic all the way through. I completely agree. I fucking loved it. I and it's funny because I I I loved every part of it. I loved the humans fighting the aliens. I loved like the 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 Matrix level. I guess the martial arts of it all, uh, and the the motorcycles. I mean, it had everything. This is the first time I think in a long time in a Godzilla movie that I was entertained by also the people. Yeah, the the, the human element, which I guess uh, they're mutants in this one. Um, so there's yes. some X Men, <laughs> there's some nods yeah. to X Men as well. But uh, it was it was really exciting. It was fun because you had right off the bat instead of you had individual humans that you had to follow their storyline you had teams and whenever there's that team dynamic um this this kind of gave me a feeling of uh pacific rim and in in the best way and obviously this movie came out before pacific rim but that team dynamic of almost like a power rangers type team or like a really um like an oceans 11 like a really Mm well-oiled machine working together that's the kind of uh, feeling i got watching this i loved it and then i remembered because i i think i've watched this one probably the most out of any Godzilla film I besides uh, Godzilla versus Monster Zero. Yeah. And I then I remember people saying that it sucked, which I hadn't thought about in a while. But then I looked it up. And yes, every time there's like a, a, a critical list of the top Godzilla movies as decided by their quality, this one just barely edges out like the bottom third. Um just ahead of some of the ridiculous ones. But, but then it has a much better rating on IMDb than a lot of things. And it's the number one, as of the publishing of my Collat book that I always refer to, it it is this, or the second most bought Godzilla DVD after the original Gojira. Oh, wow, so, that makes sense. There you go. Because it's, it's fans, so... every, fans of every monster in the series, basically every monster makes an appearance. Every yeah. major monster. I, you didn't see Space Godzilla in this one, which is a little disappointing. But yeah, um, sure. you know, e- almost everything else. I'm trying to think. Like they even they even put in Kamanga in there. Um, yeah, the Kamakuras. Yeah, is that the, uh, the the praying mantis guys? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, so it's great, and yeah, it has a six point four on on IMDb. Uh, but that's that's higher than a lot of Godzilla films, so it's interesting to see that it it keeps getting ranked low in critical reception, but fans love it. I think part of the reason might be because this movie is written and paced like a children's show, and uh, what I'm and I mean that in the best in the best way. Like when I watch like kids' cartoons, it's very much like okay, here it starts. Oh no, here's a bad guy. Let's go ki- take care of this bad guy. Okay, we did, but there's another bad guy. Let's go take care of that one. Oh mm. no, he's real tough. Now we need a better weapon. Like it's the it's the classic like kids show formula and I love it. It's so much fun. I don't it care about it. It is so great. Anything. Yeah, that's so, I really that's so true. I, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I was just like, I'm fucking along for the ride. It, don't, it totally was like WrestleMania. It's just like yeah. one after the other, after the other, after the other. And it, and it kicks you off with this dope... Uh, opening sequence that was actually he brought in Kyle Cooper who had done all of the opening sequence like the graphics and stuff behind Seven and Dawn of the Dead oh interesting so he had like the title sequences he brought in that same artist 
so maybe we should get into it because I want to talk yeah. about this the the opening shot of this movie. It starts out in the South Pole, and you have these mm-hmm. uh, this team um, with the captain. What was the name? Captain. Gr- oh, Gordon? it's Captain Gordon. Gordon, Just right? Gordon Fisherman. Yeah, and he looks like a mix between like um, Stalin. Stalin, yeah, he looks like Stalin. <laughs> or, or in the video game, there's a video game called Final Fight where um, the mayor is this guy named Haggard, or General uh, Sergeant Slaughter from uh, WWE. Oh, Sergeant Slaughter for sure. Yeah, or like almost like a, a huskier Tom Selleck, maybe. Um, yeah, husky Tom Selleck. <laughs> Husky Tom Selleck, right? And who looks like Stalin and who's dressed like Stalin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's commanding this like submarine. It's almost like a flying submarine with like a drill bit for the head. Right. And they're chasing Godzilla. Now, um, what I what I recalled in this uh, opening where they're chasing him in South Pole was the, interestingly enough, remember the novel that we talked about, the Godzilla novel? Yes. The end, yeah. the end of end worlds world or something. It's like written or something like that. Something like that. It was like written in 1998. Yeah, we did yeah. an episode on it <laughs> with uh, with, <laughs> with uh, um, Mike Trapp. Mike Trapp. That's so right. So fun. Uh huh. Super fun. Go listen to that episode. Um, but we we read that book, and that kind of opened up in the South Pole too. I I recall. So it kind of like reminded me of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But this did a way better job than what the fucking oh, manifesto was. Yeah. of that book was so right we start at the south pole uh we it's uh, there's all of this careless science we've we've awakened a lot of beasts uh so all of the monsters they tell us that all the monsters coming up and and terrorizing people was a pretty normal occurrence uh so then they created the earth defense force known as the edf uh, yeah. And the whole thing was to combat monsters and like keep keep the peace. It's the UN for monsters. Right. Now, I got to say, there's a video game uh, called Earth Defense Force. And really? I was watching, yes. And it's one of my favorite series of all time. It's so much fun. It's just mindless chaos where you basically attack giant monsters and giant bugs that are attacking a city. And oh, were, you told me about this game once. Mm-hmm. And there were yeah. so many parallels in that video game and this movie. I don't know which borrowed from the other because right down to the alien spaceships and the EDF, Earth Defense Force, they call themselves the EDF in the video game. And in this, they're, they're also the EDF. They have similar weapons. They have flying saucers. They have all the same stuff. So I don't know who borrowed from who, but these are like parallel properties. If you enjoyed one, you'll enjoy the other for sure. But I'm curious to see... And I looked up everywhere online. I couldn't see uh, anyone talking about like there were some similarities and stuff, but no one was really quite talking about, um, you know, this this comparison. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think Final Wars was the first Earth Defense Force looks like it. Oh, wait. First release monster attack June 26, 2003. So this might have been parallel thinking. Yeah, I wonder because 2003 is when the original Earth Defense Force came out, and this came out in two. And the movie came out in 2004. However, yeah. um, movies don't get made the year that they come out. They're usually made like the year or two prior um, because they have to shoot and produce and edit and all those things. But so, so are video games. That a script got leaked. You know, this kind of stuff happens in Hollywood that's too. That's true. Where, that's true. Yeah, studios make parallel movies because they scripts go to the studios. They make a bidding war. And if one studio can't buy the big hot script that summer, they'll just produce a parallel movie. Deep Impact and Armageddon. 
Deep Impact and Armageddon, uh, The Magician, and what was the other magic one? Prestige or The Illusionist? Yeah, Prestige. Yeah, the, it was the Prestige, Prestige, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ants in a Bug's Life? Yep. What else this is... Kind of stuff happens all the time. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Uh, Forrest Gump and Desi Debbie Does Dallas? <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic. classic. <laughs> those, those were uh, those were featured in the uh the uh double feature drive-in <laughs> yeah just so you can see which one's better yeah <laughs> uh, so so yeah that's oh that's very interesting mm -hmm. um and the whole thing about this is just fighting monsters, right? Yeah. And I love that they explain this right away because sometimes in these Godzilla movies of this era specifically, this millennium era, sometimes they get really convoluted and you're like, I'm just trying desperately to follow them. And right. you keep losing the thread and finding it again and all that. And they're just like, nope, this is what it is. So then they created mutant humans with superhuman strength that were able to, uh, to hold off these monster attacks right but they don't but they don't know how these mutants got these their genetics to be mutants right right and they just kind of gave it a very it was almost like a sentence or two which i love like that's how much time they spend uh yeah setting things up they're like oh and then mutants started appearing everywhere and, kind, kind and of it just, just shows like, them like chopping to like chopping the air and then sliding across the ground and you're like oh okay that stopped a monster <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it was very much like the X-Men explanation of mutants. They just started appearing. Now we got mutants. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm fine I'm with in. that explanation. Honestly, I will take that over the hyper explanation anymore. I'm just like, stop explaining all the science to me. Yeah, also, because when they explain it, it's rarely satisfying. There's very few sci-fi movies where they explain the technology or the, or the premise yeah. it, where it's like, oh, I'm so glad I know that now. One of the few was... Um, Children of Men. Remember that one? Oh, that was dope. That was a great movie. Yeah. Real quick aside, so Children of Men, if you guys haven't seen it, it's basically people stopped having kids. And you think, okay, that's an interesting premise by itself. And they actually don't explain this in the movie, but it's based on a real potential phenomenon yes. where um, our water supplies are not filtering out things like uh, hormones and pharmaceuticals and estrogen and things like that. So it may affect the sterility of the entire human population. Over time, we have lower... Um, birth rates until you know you get to the the sci-fi scenario of like no more kids yep uh, totally and that yeah. is they found uh, estrogen levels in like water supplies because of that yeah. so yeah. it's a real it's a real possibility uh -huh. so guys should take birth control instead of us yeah <laughs> <laughs> wear a condom everybody good night <laughs> That's <laughs> just we cut it. We just cut it there. Boner man's left in the audience with his oh, condomless hey. boner. Oh wait, we got boner man. <laughs> oh, there he is. Boner man. Put a condom on that boner, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, we I guess this is as good a time as any to drop our new sponsorship for Trojan. <laughs> <laughs> got a Godzilla cock. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> a magnum. <laughs> Here's your magnum. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes any political future right, well. <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I like happen. 
the person that called once and was like, wow, Haley wasn't swearing that much this episode. <laughs> nope. She usually <laughs> swears so much. Yeah. Like <laughs> sailors. Like sailors. You thought you were tuning into a Godzilla podcast. <laughs> a podcast about a kid's a kid's movie series. And we're just like, F-bombs and <laughs> cock bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Boner jokes. <laughs> That's hey, right. This is a Godzilla you know podcast rated R. That's right. <laughs> the audience <laughs> loves it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, audience. Thank you. Thank you. Which, um, by the way, at the, real quick, at the tail end of the show, I'm going to play some voicemail, uh, which we oh, got. Great. You can leave us a voicemail at madcastmedia.com. Click on any Godzilla versus Podcast Zero episode. The phone number is at the bottom of the page. I would give it out on the podcast. But I'd rather not because if that phone number ever changes, I don't want people calling a bunch of, you know, random people calling some wrong number. So Oh, that happened to my old number. Yep. Yeah. I, I, that person, that poor person. Uh, anyway, so jumping back into uh, we got the EDF working uh, and and that's how we have those. The uh, there was a big battle in Antarctica. They froze Godzilla down there. And that is definitely like the the book we were talking about, and uh, they they also though were helped by a big earthquake, right, or something like that. Didn't they say that? Like, Only yeah, I think that may have um, that may have opened up some uh, some fissures in the ground where so basically very quickly within the first I would say I don't know 10, 15 minutes you've got Godzilla is buried in the Antarctic, then you have Anguirus attacking Shanghai, and then you mm -hmm. have um, who else? We had all the monsters basically coming out and just start attacking every city yeah, all around. They Rodan basically, was yeah. attacking uh, Paris, right? Yeah, Rodan was attacking... Oh, wait. I thought Rodan was attacking New York. New York, that's right. Rodan was attacking New York. Who was attacking Paris? Because I remember these two Parisians, uh, they got stomped by... Ooh, was that Anguirus? Ang no. Uh, maybe that was Anguirus, yeah. I know that Zilla ends up in Sydney. Yeah, they, that's right. They bring back Tristar Zilla, everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, King Caesar is somewhere. Where's King Caesar? I mean, everybody's oh. in it. Yeah, I think it was like South America. No, he was on uh, 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 Paraguay or something like that. <laughs> He's in Paraguay? Paraguay. <laughs> you know, that's one of the two countries in South America that doesn't that is landlocked. Did not know that. Yeah, what's the other one? Hmm. Chile. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bolivia. Because ah, Chile, okay. Chile stole their coastline like 100 years ago and won't give it back. And they took it to the Hague earlier this like last year <laughs> and they still lost. Blew it. Blew it. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so these all the monsters just are fucking spinning out. We got, uh, yeah, Ang Anguirus. Anguirus is in Shanghai. Uh, Caesar's in Okin Okinawa. The Oh, the Kamakuras are the ones in Paris. So the Kamakuras are praying mantises, are attacking yeah. that. Kamunga's in Phoenix. Ooh, the important American city of Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ibira attacks Tokai. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and that was our first big battle with the EDF and any of the kaiju was, I mean, outside of the intro, was uh, Ibira. And mm -hmm. it was so much fun to watch because Ibira's just a fun monster to beat up. You don't have any... Oh um, yeah, you know you don't have any emotional attachment to a beer because it's, it's big a lobster. lobster. It's a big yeah, lobster. And we love lobsters, and so you're watching this thing, and you're like, 
I wonder the whole time I was watching, I was like, I wonder if those lasers are cooking it. Because I could just picture them just sitting down for a big old lobster feast afterwards and just not saying anything, you know, like if hmm. is the one monster that wants to die. <laughs> it's like, please yeah. kill me. <laughs> yeah, he's Our just king. there to beat up. <laughs> king Con or uh yeah, King Condor didn't make it in. Or Giant Condor. Oh. That's right. Giant King Condor, Condor, man, that guy, that monster gets dumped on quite a bit. You know who else didn't make it in? I don't think we had any of the um the uh was it Anguirus? No, not Anguirus. Who's who's the um in uh, Godzilla versus Destoroya? Destoroya wasn't hey, in there. Destoroya's not in there. Batra's not in there. Yeah, but they no did Batra. some but but Mothra's in there, and the Mothra just gets raised later because we know Mothra's not in. like the Zillions knew Mothra could not be manipulated. Mm -hmm. Um, so they they attack these cities, and then these Zillions, this alien race, this all these UFOs appear, and they capture the monsters. So right. then they're like, "Oh, okay, we did this. We are creating peace for mankind." So this is kind of like Godzilla versus Monster Zero. Yes. Yeah. Very, very, very much parallel to Godzilla vs. Monster Zero because that's what they did. But this is all happening much, much quicker um, mm -hmm. within the first, like, I don't know, 15 minutes already. Oh, and one other really important plot point we need to talk about. Oh, the, the meteor? Oh, well, yeah, there's a meteor heading towards <laughs> it that, that the aliens uh, warn them about. But before we get to the aliens, you do see this one scene where you have the defense secretary in an airplane uh, with his assistant, and oh, he's yeah. looking out the window. And Rodan flies by, and Rodan clips the plane, and it explodes. So yeah. you think that the plane has gone down, it's been destroyed. That Next thing you know, the aliens, after capturing these monsters that are attacking the cities, come down, and they zap the defense secretary down, and he shows up, and everyone's kind of shocked. They're like, oh, we thought you died. He goes, mm -hmm. no, no, I'm, I'm fine. These great aliens saved me. <laughs> I'm happy. And oh, and this is important because before he went into the sky and blew up uh, this character played by Akira Takarada, he talks about he talks to what is that like some some government official, the lady that that her mutant protector, <laughs> the lady has a mutant bodyguard, you know, uh -huh. and she talks to the Akira Takarada character, the secretary of defense, and he mentions his dog. Yes, because that is like it ends up being really important <laughs> later important plot point that's right it's not yeah. a throwaway line yep about that so the zillions come in and they're like hey you guys we saved you but also there's an uh, asteroid headed for earth and if you don't point every fucking weapon you have at it y'all gonna die this yep. is their armageddon yep so they're saying that you should all we'll give you the coordinates and point all your weapons at this point, and then it's going mm -hmm. to, you know, hit your uh, hit the Earth. And then he's very specific. Down, to, he's got the number of days, the number of hours, the number of minutes, and the number of seconds. And then he starts counting them down in real time. And we're like, okay, dude, we get it. You're an alien. You're showing off now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> literally. Oh, and, and immediately, one of my favorite things about these aliens is that um, their arrogance. First of all, like they're so like they arrogant the onto the ship. And they're like, what planet are you from? They're like, you can't pronounce it in your language. And they're like, oh, okay. And so it's like, but you can call it, uh, what did they say there? But you said you can call us aliens, right? Yeah, that's what they say. You can call us zillions. Right, zillions. Yeah. And, and then he tells them that our technology is superior to everything you have. 
and he's really fucking thrown it down on everyone. <laughs> oh yeah, he's just he's just lording his intelligence and technology over them, and they're like, and the lady goes, "How do we know we can trust you?" Because she, she's a little wary. Everything's yeah, rightfully right. And they, and the aliens make a good point. He said, "Look, if our if our uh, goal was to destroy you, we could have." We have the technology to clearly incapacitate all these monsters that were ravaging your city. Why wouldn't we have just released them back mm-hmm. on your own city if we, you know, if we wanted to do that? They're like, oh, I guess that you got a good point there. Yep, exactly. And then, but there's, but they're still a little fishy. People are a little distrusting. So, you know, like think the 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 secretary, uh, he had his blood analyzed or something, right? So what and they're like, it's is, not human. Yes, that's right. Because So they're walking down. They're talking to the defense secretary. They're already a little suspicious of him because someone had analyzed a talk that he was doing at the basically like a UN type place where he's mm-hmm. trying to convince everyone to trust the aliens. And they're going to no longer have the United Nations, but they're going to have the galactic nations. Right. right? And so everybody cheers. But, uh, you know, some people are wary. So they go through frame by frame and analyzing this video. And they notice... The defense secretary is no longer blinking. So that's they right. Are, yes, he doesn't blink. Yes. Uh-huh. So they're suspicious of him. And then he, they're walking down this corridor with him, and somebody comes up, uh, like some crazy, crazed-out guy with a knife, and he says, "I'm going to kill you. You're not the real guy." Blah blah blah. And he stabs the defense secretary's hand. And then the lady, yeah. next to him, says, "Oh, we should get you to a doctor." And he says, "What?" And she goes, "Your hand. It's bleeding. Let me." And she puts a cloth on it. He, and he, she says, let's get you to a doctor. And he goes, no, no, that's not necessary. I'm fine. And he just yeah. runs been off. Stabbed. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> been stabbed. He doesn't care. So she looks down and she's got a blood sample. They go back and they analyze it. They found in the blood sample some of the M code, right? M code yeah. is what the mutants have. And it's also what the aliens have. So there they have, they are like suspicious. So that to me would be like, that's enough, right? We, we, we can pretty much conclude. Yeah, like we can alien. close the door on this, but that dog's gotta come back. Uh-huh. So then we go to the dog test. This is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. I loved this scene. It's like some meeting between high officials, right? The Secretary of Defense and, uh, and who aliens. are all these leaders? This is with the aliens, right? Yes. Yeah, and they're like, oh, we're all on the same page. La, 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 la. We're going to do this defense thing. And then the lady comes in, and she has, she takes out this adorable French bulldog. Mm-hmm. And she's like, your dog, he wants to see you. Or or this, do- the dog, he wants to see you. And then he's like, oh, uh, yes, my dog. And he's clearly lying. And she yeah. gives him the dog. And, and you know, just, they, oh, she's like, that, call him by that, the so- name. Yeah, so she's she's so the dog comes out and the dog, you know how dogs react to owners, right? They run yeah. off, their tails are wagging, they're panting, they're licking. This dog comes out and it's just like, okay, this is weird, whatever. And the guy's <laughs> like, come here, come here. And she goes, why don't you call him by its name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, ah, oh, I, I can't quite remember. And she goes, Clint is his name, Clint. He goes, oh, that's right. Yes, thank you for reminding oh, me. Come I thought it was Clint. Cliff. Oh, was it Cliff? I don't know. I, I have terrible hearing, so you're probably sure. more right. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, come here, come here, boy, come here. And then he, he picks him up, and the dog just could not care less. And then he, oh, he growls. Yeah, yeah, the, the dog growls. Like pissed. The dog's like, I'm a small French bulldog, but I don't like you. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then he puts he puts the dog down and says, oh, uh, you'll have to forgive me. Some, I must have just uh, slipped my memory, the dog's name. And she goes, well, that's funny because you don't have a dog. That's my dog. Yeah. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> well, no, he doesn't. It's, she said it's not. It, that is, this just isn't your dog. Because he talks right. about his dog at the beginning, but this isn't, she just brought her own dog. <laughs> right. It was her dog. <laughs> to test. And so it was like, this, this aliens took over his body, but did no recon. Mm-hmm. Nothing. They were just like, I don't know, that'll be fine. And and they try to, the best is too, is that he's trying to cover and all the aliens are like backing him up. They're like, uh, yeah, the dog is, why don't you call it, lady? <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, what What would you call this dog? <laughs> if, if you could call this dog something, um, what would you name it? What do you call it first? And then they find out, so then they, they figure out, they're like, okay, he's not human. Then they figure out that the asteroid in the picture is a hologram. It's not even real, right? The image, right. yeah. Uh, oh, the, way, the way they do this is they they <laughs> um, analyze this, this, uh, this asteroid heading towards Earth from different observatories around the world, and they found that it's all the same image, more or less. Mm, um, oh yeah that's right yeah they just yeah. subbed in the same image right and they conclude like oh it must be a hologram it's like well i'm sure the aliens can use less advanced technology like photoshop <laughs> yeah come on get these aliens hook up with like a free trial of photoshop just do it real fast find someone on fiverr just you know mock something up in a few minutes <laughs> also that it's also they say that this thing is gonna hit them and then it's like the image it's the image is hitting the earth right but it's like they why would they have seen that if it hasn't happened yet right um unless they time travel did i miss that the image of the asteroid hitting earth yeah it's kind of a simulation right in the the yeah but they say like that the hologram is the thing that breaks it through the hologram is like oh it's not it so it's like well that picture shouldn't exist anyway in real life (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's very weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, this makes them turn to Captain Gordon Fisherman. Yeah. Uh, and so. this man is America on steroids. Mm-hmm. So Captain Gordon shows up with his team, and they have a confrontation. They have a showdown against... Oh, and by the way, Captain Gordon is, uh, has already uh, found some of the uh, Zalians, and he's suspected them as being Zalians, and they yeah. had a confrontation on the ship. And he brings in, he walks into this meeting where they're showing the dog, and he tosses one of the corpses, the alien corpses, on the floor. Let's just, let's flip things around here, okay? If this was just like a human bringing in another human, naked and dead, and flopping it down on the ground, everyone would be horrified. What did you do? What did you do? Why is he naked? Why has he got bullet holes in his chest? This is horrible. Yeah. But he, he does it to the alien to the aliens, and they're like, they're kind of like, okay, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, hey, please stop. <laughs> they don't. The aliens don't like reacting to much. No, no, they they're very they're getting, logical yeah. creatures. Yeah, they're like I feel nothing. I feel nothing. Um, and they get so, and and they're getting interviewed, right? Isn't this like during TV? It's on TV. Yes, it's on TV. So this is a big conversation where they're trying to talk about, you know, the 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 um, you know the 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 countries coming together to make the galactic nations. So um, 
As soon as Gordon arrives, Captain Gordon, he sees the fake defense secretary and goes, no, that guy's a fake-ass bitch. And he pulls mm-hmm. out his gun and he shoots him. Solving it American out. style. Mm-hmm. And everyone <laughs> freaked out. And then th- this is a really cool scene. It's practical effects. It's pretty gory. Um, yeah. And then the defense secretary like starts freaking out. His head tips back and then splits open to reveal the alien inside him. It so and it's yeah, it's one of the coolest scenes. I thought it was so neat. It reminded me of um, of the thing. Oh yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, it has that. Like, there's some really good horror elements, and there's in in the our filmography book, they are talking about how a lot of stuff that was getting shipped over um, internationally at that time from Japan to the states and from well from. Asian countries to the States were all of those horror films. Like the ring was happening then and all that stuff. So I can see like the influence there. That's very cool. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, he gets, and yeah, so the se- secretary gets shot, reveals him to be an imposter. Then, um, uh, then the, the, let's see, the, the second guy shoots, shot his commander. Because he was like, he's like, I, the second command wants to do it faster, right? He's like, we yeah, want, want to Yeah, basically, there was another, there was a second in command. Um, they have a big showdown between the Zalians here, the Zalian guards, and the the rest of the team says, listen, we got to go. We got to get out of here. One of them stays behind to fight the Zalians. And that's when the rest of the team moves on to this getaway, I, I want to say like van outside. Yeah. Or like cargo truck, getaway cargo truck. And they're... Following one of the other um, Zalian commanders down the street, uh, excuse me, they're they're going down the street as to make a getaway from this place, and one of the Zalian commanders follows them on a motorcycle, and right. and then like I guess somehow tips the truck over by shooting its tires, and out of the back of the truck flies a motorcycle, and this leads to yes! one of these best wildest chase scenes and i brought in a clip here from the music because the music is very much like i want to say like late 90s uh dubstep there's a lot of (laughs) yeah there's a lot of techno a lot of dubstep there was also a lot of punk there was some some 41 in the movie uh and zebrahead but or not the not dubstep i'm sorry drum and bass it was like very (laughs) late 90s drum and bass and early 2000s drum and bass and this soundtrack it was it it was very much inspired by it sounded like the matrix but here's a clip during the motorcycle scene i just want to play this uh motorcycle fight yeah So that that like high octane uh, uh, drum and bass is just like pumping yeah. throughout most of this movie, and it's it's such a throwback. You don't hear music like that very much anymore in movies at all. Yeah, um, and like the, the aliens, uh, once the Zylians really get into their cool element, they also do long leather trench coats, and it's great. Yeah, it but, was uh, it was a lot of fun. Who's the who's the main? The main bad dude, he has like perfect eyebrows. Oh yeah, I don't know, but he's he's such a um it's like a very, very Japanese villain trope. Like he has uh kind of a smirk all the time. He never smiles properly, he's always got a smirk, he's got dark circles under his eyes, perfect yeah. hair, yeah, um, popped collar, douchebag kind of looking, 
and he's got that uh, real high pitched, fast frequency laugh. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is it? I think he's the controller. I think his name, the, his credit is straight up controller of Planet X. And so I think it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, they didn't even give him a name. Oh, he called, no, he calls himself X, remember? Does it? Oh, well, so then that, that's what it stands for. But his credit is technically controller of Planet X. Yeah. And I he did an, a radio interview. And this guy is kind of like worshipped as almost like a pop idol in this world. And like this alien because he looks really cool. He's yeah. like a hard job. He's like a hot guy. And everyone loves him. perfect eyebrows. I, I believe this is played by Kazuki Kitamura. Mm. Kazuki Kitamura. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's great. He is... Uh, he is a, a really exciting bad guy. Uh, and right. he got that like spiky hair perfect and everything like that. And he, yeah, he's a major star there. He's 50 years old now, but he looks, he still looks so young. I'm sure. So we see the, one of the craziest chase scenes I've ever seen in my life. It's just the two of them so on motorcycles. Crazy. And they're basically like doing martial arts while driving motorcycles. And at one point, the motorcycles are running parallel to each other. And they are straight up having a kung fu fight on yeah, this. so fucking rad. Like straight up martial arts, like throwing punches, elbows, kicks. And then at one point, one of them falls off the motorcycle. And he's like getting dragged in the front, getting, getting dragged from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, the dude hits the brakes. The guy goes flying off the motorcycle. And then they start running towards each other like a duel. And there's a lot of scenes like this in the movie where they're the two adversaries are running towards each other it's a very classic japanese trope you see them running towards each other and then Mm -hmm. the guy hits the brakes on the motorcycle does a front wheelie spins it around and does a roundhouse kick in his face with the back of the motorcycle yeah it was so fucking rad (laughs) ah that drum and bass music was fitting it's just fun fun. you want to hear that it gets your blood pumping it's really fun to hear hell yeah and it uh and it also the um, uh, the Kita to be distinct and clear. The director is also Kitamura, but as a different Kitamura. He's Ryuhei, and uh, our star is named uh, Kazuki Kitamura. There you go. Also, yeah. there's a, a, not to backtrack, but this kind of comes up later because the mo- monsters are about to get released again. Um, there's this really weird moment at the beginning that's supposed to be in New York, I think, where it's like, I think it's New York, is like where the pimp guy is fighting with the cop. Oh, right. It's just like the stereotype of of a pimp, the stereotype of a cop. They're like at each other saying nothing but stereotypes. And then I think that's when one of the monsters comes in. But I think it's like it, it, that cracked me up so hard that I didn't want to completely I didn't want to miss it. So that was one of the first scenes that I had to rewind. And I, that's the one where I checked the uh, the suburbs dubs because the cop very clearly calls him a motherfucker. And they <laughs> jumped over it. Yeah. And they said they said something else. So I went to the subs to see if they said the word, because you can very clearly read his lips. He is saying... Yeah, he's saying motherfucker, yeah. yeah. Right. And, uh, and you know, they changed it in, in both versions, because I think they were trying to make it more uh, family-friendly. But, uh, yeah, that was a fun scene. That was where we first saw Rodan. Yeah, that was... Okay, so it was in New York. Yeah, I yeah. love their their idea of New York. They were just like, yeah. uh... <laughs> uh I've seen that series. Um, so then 
uh, to jumping back to where we're where we're at this the motorcycle fight has has finished, um, and they basically the, then I think we basically move on to that they're going to have to release the the Gotengo crew is going to try to release Godzilla, right? Right, because everything's they going to bring, bad. Right, they want to bring Godzilla back because they think that Godzilla is their best chance against all these monsters who are attacking right. the cities. Which have been released in the midst of all this. So all this shit. So like straight up, this is like snorting a pixie stick. This part is like you have the secretary gets or corpse gets thrown on the fucking table during an interview. The secretary gets shot and he fucking breaks in pieces so that this alien comes out. Then there's an escape. They let the monsters out. And then there's a mon then there's a motorcycle fight. Yeah. And <laughs> so this is all leading up to they had all right. Okay, so we kind of skipped this over over this in the beginning, but they also found a mummified monster at the start of the movie, and it was Gigant. And he's encased in stone. And at this point the aliens have like, you know, they've been exposed. They said, fuck it, release Gigan. Let's have him attack yeah. the Earth. This is when this is the first encounter between Godzilla and one of the kaijus. They brought Godzilla back just in time to fight Gigan. And this is so badass. Gigan is so fucking cool in this Dude, movie. Dude, Gigan got like fucking leveled up. Yeah, he, he got has, so leveled up. He has He's like so sword claws. He has like chainsaw claws. He's got chainsaw claws. He's got hooks. He's got you know, he's got a buzzsaw in his stomach. It's so oh, cool. So cool. Oh, my God. This, I just wish this movie was longer so we could see more of the fights between Gigan and Godzilla. It was so cool. But I, there's I agree. Here, right after Godzilla uh, finishes Gigan, which is a pretty short fight, to be honest. Like, Gigan shoots out some, uh, basically some cables to uh, incapacitate mm -hmm. Godzilla. Godzilla overcharges Gigan by having the, the cables wrapped around his spine. He power charges, and then it blows up Gigan's head. And it's so cool. Yeah. And I brought in, yeah. And I brought in a clip here. <laughs> I brought it. I brought in a clip here from that scene where the alien is like, "What kind of creature is that?" And Gordon responds. This is a little dialogue between them. This is pretty great. This is a... Listen, kid. There are two things you don't know about the Earth. One is me, and the other is Godzilla. <laughs> 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 one is me and the other is Godzilla. They kept trying to deliver these lines like uh you know like like one liners in action movies and didn't quite hit the mark on any of them but <laughs> <laughs> the charm was there. It was so much fun to hear those. Oh my god, it really was. And he had oh god, there's one where he goes later he has a really great line where he's like she's like you wouldn't punch a you wouldn't hit a woman and then he like open fist slaps her and he's like sorry sweetheart yeah he goes yeah i would and then he <laughs> yeah i would sorry sweetheart yeah as, as he's holding a katana too yeah that oh man i can't wait to talk about that scene so they and and gigan gets like prophesied by the shobijin at the beginning of this too when when the muffet mummified uh you know, when the mummified monster comes out, the uh, or that it is Gigan, the Shobijin are like, oh, Mothra defeated him. That's why he's mummified. And there's going to be right. a battle between good and evil. Uh, and that Ozaki is that's he's the guard that had to guard our, our UN biologist. 
Uh-huh. Um, that was that's the the lady uh, Miyuki Otanashi, uh, and Ozaki was warned that he was going to have to choose between good and evil in this big time battle, and then uh, so that we we know Mothra will be here at some point, right? And they the the uh, the Mothra twins give them basically like a little um, I want to say like a jade cross. They said if you if you oh, have yeah. pure hearts that uh, you can use this and Mothra will come and help you. And they also give a little bit of backstory on why Godzilla is so pissed off because Godzilla at this point now we see like um, basically in this field you see this first these characters introduced in the movie. It's basically a kid and his grandpa who are hunting and they come across Manila. Yeah. And it's just like real goofy, comedic relief. Manila's just like a bumbling. Although he doesn't look as much like an old man in this one. Yeah, no, they definitely gave him a facelift. They were like, this this is too scary for children otherwise. <laughs> yeah, he looks younger. He's like the friend of children. And so they, you know, the kid and Manila hit it off. And then they have this bit of dialogue where they're watching Godzilla stomp and destroy cities. And they're like, why is he destroying the cities? And basically he alludes to Godzilla being pissed off because man released the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, fucking cool. It's like yeah, they're still getting those little bitty, those little things in there. Like they embraced the original, and and that's the thing. And even in the opening credits of this, they show the original like footage from the original Godzilla. Like it pulls you in and it gives a lot of respect to it. Again, fucking great movie. Right. Uh, also, also our Ozaki is who's going to be like the hero. He's going to be the Neo of this. Um, yes. So Ozaki is uh, he also immediately, when he's assigned to that biologist, he, like, immediately sexually harasses her. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, I didn't know biologists were so pretty. And she's like, what the fuck? You're my guard. <laughs> Let's please go. Yeah, he's, he, he says that, uh, are you sure you're not just a model? And she's like, no, I'm not. But thank you for the compliment. He's like, yeah, you're a model. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so weird. But but he is endearing. Um, yeah. And so, so then they get the monsters are on the loose. Uh, the they know that they need to. They've released Godzilla, who battles Gigan, right? Gets defeats him by decapitation, which was so fucking dope. It was a great. Yeah. Um, and then he starts chasing after the ship, though, because the ship was what lured him out, right? Right. The- and 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 if you think about it, Godzilla was in hibernation um, from the time the ship put him there to till now. And in Godzilla time, the, no time has passed. He like mm-hmm. went to sleep, came back out. The ship is still there. Yeah, I'm going to destroy it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just uh, also, this is, here's a fun fact about the guy that played Ozaki. Uh, Masahiro Matsuoka. He, uh, first of all, he's he's been in a ton of stuff. But he's a drummer first and foremost. He's in the band Tokyo as a drummer. Uh, and he... Uh, He's been in over 20 dramas and he's also endorsed. Uh, he's done endorsement deals for Xbox 360. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What do you know? Uh, so, so yeah. So Godzilla is chasing that, chasing that ship. He, uh, God, he goes to S- Sydney and this is my favorite moment. Mm-hmm. Cause what so happens here? This is when we see Zilla. And it's kind of a diminutive title they give to the American Godzilla, which is the 1998 Matthew Broderick Godzilla. This is the first time we see him uh, for any significant amount of time, and it's really bad CG. You can tell they barely did any work on lighting or shadow. They didn't really care. They didn't care. Yeah, he was here for basically, I don't know, one scene where, where he runs towards Godzilla in a big confrontation. 
Godzilla basically whacks him into the uh, Sydney Opera House. Just yeah. fucking, fl- he like uses his fire breath and then tail swipes him into the opera house. He just absolutely, they make a mockery of him and it's delicious. Right. It's and the so movie by now, good. this whole time the movie's going like 60 miles per hour and it no- it doesn't stop. At this point, it just speeds up and you have yeah, you're like, like 60 yeah. to 80. And then you have um, the smog monster and Ibira pop up for a scene. And you have King Caesar and Aguirre yep. show up for a scene. And you have Rodan show up for a scene. And the three of them are fighting together. It's happened so Kumonga. fast. Kumonga's in New Guinea. Yeah, that's where it was. Kumonga's in New Guinea. And Kumonga's really gotten an upgrade. Kumonga's yeah, web Kumonga this was time scary, like, I thought. Yeah, it's like mustard yellow. So you mm-hmm. already get in, uh, like kind of like an evocation of like um, poison or something, right? Mm-hmm. So he's spitting out this giant mustard yellow web that he spits it out into the air and then it explodes into a spider web that uh, wraps Godzilla around. And yeah. yeah. And then Godzilla quickly incapacitates him as well by grabbing his web and spitting him out and sending him off into the horizon. And every time one of these di- these creatures get destroyed, uh, X on the, sh- on the mothership watching this gets pissed off. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, Zilla is the giant condor of this film. (laughs) He gets to, and like the guy, the X or whatever on the ship is like, let's see how he does with this one. And Godzilla takes him out so fast and he's just like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See what he has next. (laughs) Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, So we go through a lot of monsters very quickly. Very quickly. Mm hmm. And by now, uh, Captain Gordon is on the ship trying to go towards the uh, the mothership, the aliens, right? Right. And they're trying to lure Godzilla over there, too, because maybe Godzilla will be able to take out the ship. And um, when they get there, there's an all-out galactic war. There's, like, a huge uh, uh, space war. Maybe not space, but, uh, like, a, a sky war with, like, the UFOs from the, the mothership. Mm-hmm. And... I guess like the Earth Defense Force, and it's just lasers flying everywhere. And by the way, the video game is exactly like this. They have this exact same oh, scene shit. in the video game. Yeah, what? There's, that's great. Haley, you gotta see. You gotta play this game. Like the spaceship is even round, just like in the movie Final Wars. the The spaceships, the the flying saucers, look similar. They're shooting red and green green lasers like this in the movie. It's just a fantastic. That's um, crazy. Yeah, it's so much fun. So, is this is this wait is this the a uh, part where they because I know there's like kind of two larger confrontations and I don't know if I'm conflating them but is this the part where like they all show up and have this heroic team reveal like Avengers reveal but then the Zillions the Zillions show up and you like use that mental thing and are like hurt their heads or is that oh, earlier yeah. that, that was back at the station that was back at the station yeah before yes. the uh, motorcycle scene so yeah. that was the first that was the first big confrontation so yeah. this one is the upgrade with the lasers and everything like that yeah this is basically the third act when you have the um this the flying submarine uh with a drill bit and, and basically the the spaceship the mothership has a, a shield around it and this is very very heavily lifted from star wars where they mm-hmm. send in one fighter ship into the the mothership to incapacitate its shields and they go down a corridor fighting <laughs> so classic. very much star wars um <laughs> they're going down this corridor to, to its engine and it's basically a straight shot right through this corridor straight to the engine <laughs> yep pretty much they just get they just get there and then they're like hello uh and they see the con- the controller uh x and right. he's like the zillions want they okay so he says 
that the zillions want the mitochondria in human cells to survive. And th so they do want that, but they want to show humans that they need to know their place as cattle. And that gets used a lot. Right. So now we learn the real plot. So just like, I like the parallels now between we learn the real plot. <laughs> Third <act>. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I like the parallels between this and Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. Because in Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, very similar. They capture the aliens and... Excuse me, they capture the kaiju. And you learn that the aliens are there for water. Well, this time the aliens are back. They're there for humans. They're going to feast on them like cattle because they need mitochondria for, to generate energy. Okay? Fine. Right. Sure. It's the powerhouse of the cell. Mitochondria yeah. is the powerhouse of the cell. Which is also very Matrixy if you think about, because the Matrix are using humans as batteries too. Yeah, so. they're using them too. They're like, we want you to, yeah. we want you to live, but you're going to be our cattle. Right. So the the team, Gordon's team, is going to be the six people that they're going to use to harvest to create others, uh, other humans, so that they can, you know, recreate. It's like kind of, it's kind of creepy, a little creepy here. Um, yeah. But this and is then... the. Yeah. So as soon as the shield gets taken down. Um, Godzilla blasts the mothership and, uh, you know, there's a bunch of chaos and then there's a big showdown between the Zillions and, um, the human team, the Gordon's team. And this is the, this is when it comes down to, um, you find out that what's the, the yeah, main, Ozaki. The so this is Ozaki. where like when he tells everybody that they're cattle, he also reveals to, t he tells Ozaki that he's a Kaiser. Uh, yeah. which is a, a super rare mutant. So this is really X-Men. It's like XXX-Men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that he, they have extra power, uh, but he hasn't realized it yet. So, it's, I mean, he truly is like Neo. It's like, oh, I, I, he hasn't come into his power yet. So right. that's how he's avoided his control before. And they say that he's so powerful he could control the universe. And he's like, well, what do you want to, what do, you want to do with your power? And he goes, I just want to help humans. And he goes, cool. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then he uses him. He uses, he controls him finally. Right. And he controls Ozaki and Ozaki. And Ozaki starts fucking shit up. And he th grabs Captain Gordon Fisherman by the neck and holds him up. And he's killing him. He's about to die. And then the lady does, uh, the Miyuki uses the Shobijin thing to free him. Uh, yeah, and she also uses, I, I think at this point, oh, almost actually, um, I was going to say that she used the uh, the thing to call Mothra, but that comes a little, like, almost shortly right after this. Right. So, after Godzilla, so yeah, let's get to that point. So Godzilla attacks the ship, and X says, okay, release Gigan again, and I guess they brought Gigan back and upgraded him, and now he's Gigan. got... Gigan! <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got quad chainsaw hands yeah and, and a buzzsaw chest and spikes on his head his oh elbow God. His, feet, his tail his spine everything about it hurts and if you guys i uh, or listened to an earlier episode i talked about how gigan is like uh such a cool toy to have the even action figure because it's so spiky it hurts to pick up yeah <laughs> it lets you know it lets you know yeah. where you stand yeah you gotta I commit love it exactly and then and then also around the now, now then mothra gets called and then we get to this fucking dope part of uh the monster x gets released to fight godzilla and monster x looks like alien or like predator kind of look like a merge yeah. between alien and predator and right. he gets he fights godzilla 
And then Mothra has been summoned, and so she fights this rebuilt Gigan. And this is fucking hell. This is so fucking cool because we've gotten to see monster fights this entire movie, and they're still going to top it on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I watch this and I feel like King Caesar <laughs> in that moment when his ears go up weirdly and he just stares. <laughs> Do you remember that yeah, from earlier? Exactly. Just a moment where King Caesar basically just looks out and is like, yow, and his ears fly up. This, by the way, this, this King Caesar fight in this movie was better than the original King Caesar fight because he was, was just like there for a hot second for uh, in Godzilla versus uh, Megalon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it was Megalon, and then you saw uh, King Caesar for a second in that one, right? Uh, mm, maybe right? Have, you're probably you're probably right. Yeah, the Beetle one, that's Megalon. Yeah, Megalon. Yeah, so then um, he was there. Okay. I yeah, so you saw you saw him for right. You saw him for a bit here. That was kind of cool. But then, yeah, this Gigan versus um, uh, Mothra fight is so cool. Uh, Mothra holds her own against Gigan for a bit. But Gigan mm-hmm. is just a beast, and he is all claws and and spikes. So he shoots. He's he's like chasing. They're having a confrontation. They're chasing each other. Gigan clips Mothra's the back of Mothra's tail, and Godzilla is busy with Monster X. So God, what, and Mothra goes down hard. I thought Mothra was out. I thought that was. I, it. I thought Mothra too. got summoned. I thought she was out. By the way, King Caesar first first debuted in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Oh, Mechagodzilla! Really. So, it wasn't oh, Megal- you're right, Megalon, you're right. yeah, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. but that's we watched those close to each other, so that's why. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Mother gets taken out, and I genuinely thought I was like, "Oh, that's it, she's out." So like, this is I'm I'm riding on this too because mm-hmm. I, I I was not I didn't I wasn't expecting her to be taken out like that. I was kind of pissed because I because I want to see um you know Mothra's not my favorite, but like I like Mothra, and I don't want to see her knocked out so fast. I want to see like more Mothra scenes, a few more yeah. at least. And uh, Gigan immediately starts dogpiling on Godzilla as Godzilla's mm-hmm. hands are full, de- trying to defeat Monster X. And you're thinking, wow, there's no way Godzilla's going to beat, beat this uh, this matchup because he's totally out-armed here. And right. out of nowhere, you get Mothra the Trooper coming back. Oh, and, shit. Uh-huh, bring in the then, fire. Bring in the fire. Mm-hmm. And then Gigan turns around and shoots these buzz saws outside oh, out towards Mothra. Mothra dodges and weaves, misses the the saw uh, the, the buzz saws, but they do kind of like a boomerang thing and well, they turn she, back she around. She uses this like fireworks effect around her wings and like boomerangs them. Yeah, Remember she so, does so, that like Yeah, she, like, that's what it was. Explodes stuff from her wings. Yeah, that's what it was. She was able to flip them around. So then she ducks and then the buzz saws go straight towards Gigan and then decapitate him again yes he got <laughs> decapitated yeah oh. and then mothra uh and, and then just as that happens again is I, I guess i don't know how she like gets engulfed in flames but she gets engulfed in flames and then she charges towards Gigan. they explode and that's the end of both of them oh that's uh, how she gets engulfed in flames so she did she dodged she weaves the the buzzsaws come back decapitate him but then she summoned she summoned like fireworks like fireballs mm. she did that okay so she's on yeah. fire she runs into gigan gigan explodes and that's then it's down to the final showdown between godzilla and monster x and by the way this i as a huge godzilla fan like should have seen this coming but i didn't know what creature monster x was neither and- did i 
Yeah, right? It was and like they show was, Ghidorah at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, but I'd completely forgotten where Ghidorah was. Me so too. You see this like kind of sculpting, and it's it's really cool because it is a mirror of the secretary scene earlier when his head splits open and then the third head is like in the middle. So Monster X kind of does the same thing. He he looks like this cool metallic skull that kind of is like split in two, and then there's one in the middle. So then it, it starts to transform, and you're thinking, oh, shit, what's this new form? He's got wings. Is he like Batra? No, it's King Ghidorah. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's King Ghidorah. And I was looking... Yeah, I was so excited. I was looking to see if, like, King Ghidorah, like, if he had, like, the armor on, if he was Mecha King Ghidorah, because remember, Mecha King Ghidorah was also, like, an alien invention, too, remember? But I, it was, I, like, was a... I was wondering that myself, too. And then I was like, oh, no, it's just, like, it's a, it's, uh, it's technically, this form is called Kaiser Ghidorah. Yes, I was going to say it's got, it's got to be, like, a Kaiser Ghidorah, because it's, like, a super-powered Ghidorah. And unlike other Ghidorahs in the past, this one is vampiric. So, uh, because it, it very yeah. quickly captures Godzilla and then starts biting him. Again, a creepy scene where they're, like, sucking Godzilla's, like, life force out. And I'm like, ah, oh, come on, Godzilla, fight back. I don't want to see this. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to I was see like, this. I was a little, yeah, I was a little upset. I'm like, oh, this is making me uncomfortable. And then, then uh, Captain Gordon in his submarine after he's incapacitated, uh, after he hit a woman and then get back <laughs> <laughs> And what the both uh, he gets in this bat the battle he gets into so this is another matrix level battle that's happening al alongside like on the inside of this ship as Godzilla is fighting Monster X is yeah. the the good guys have this showdown right and right. and this is <laughs> so cheesy and I loved it Captain Gordon has a katana and then they have guns the Z Zillions have guns right. he takes his katana and sticks it in the wall and is like, yeah. just me and my fists, baby. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, they put their guns down too. And they're like, yes, let's do it. And then yeah, that's when the like melee that. starts. Yeah. So Ozaki, there's a very Matrix-like scene where Ozaki stops a bunch of laser bullets in his hand and turns them around just like Neo does in the mm -hmm. Matrix. Very similar. Um, but very fun it. scene. Yeah. And then he comes to Godzilla's rescue. He gives Godzilla his Kaiser energy. Oh, that's right. He does. That's how he powers them up because Godzilla's gotten his blood sucked. Mm-hmm. And so then you have you also have like Captain Gordon, um, who so just as Godzilla's out for the count, uh, you know, he's on the ship, he gives Godzilla's Kaiser energy, and they use it to shoot Godzilla with the maser on the ship. And right. he he directs it exactly at the right spot on Godzilla in his spine, which is kind of like at oh, this point. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's like a receptor for energy, but it, it can also send energy out. I don't know. I don't know the full physics of it, but Godzilla gets super powered from the, the maser on the ship. Yeah. And just, and then King Ghidorah all of a sudden like wakes up again because God, they're just like sucking Godzilla's lifeblood like a spider. Mm -hmm. And then Godzilla blasts one of them in the face and blows his head off. Yeah, straight off. Then, yeah, and then he grabs one of the other ones as it's spitting out its dragon breath and chops off the head of the other one. Oh, so good. And then good. There's down to, you're down to one head on King Ghidra, and he takes and he it. And he throws them. He, like, throws them around mm -hmm. Tokyo. He starts body slamming him based on the one neck that's left and just, like, ragdolls Ghidra all over the place. <laughs> it was so great. It's so cool. And then he uses his... Okay, so then he uses this, like, atomic 
breath that's like different. Like he's yeah, atomic like breath. He like fires breath. him into space. Yeah, he fires him into space and then blasts him so he explodes in space. Oh, in space, yeah. And then also, you know what's weird? Um I didn't even understand this part, but at one point during this fight, the asteroid does come to Earth. I guess it was supposed to be a planet, but then Godzilla just destroys it. And I'm like, huh, okay, oh. I guess that happened too. <laughs> I missed that. I can't believe Yeah, it was that. such a quick scene that happened. I'm like, oh yeah, the asteroid does come to Earth. And also, wasn't it supposed to be a planet? And also, wasn't it a hologram? Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm along for the ride. Fit it in. It's so true. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, I don't know what the logic. I didn't even see the planet. Here's how crazy this movie is. I didn't even notice the planet about to crash into Earth. <laughs> yep. There's so much that happens. It is like it is like a Super Friends episode, but if it was a movie. Like totally the old Super is. Friends is one of the yes. craziest cartoons I've ever seen. They were like these shorts that they you can sometimes oh, catch them nuts. on Boomerang if you have that. And they were like 12 to 15 minutes long. And in those like 15 minutes, you get like an A plot, a B plot, all the way to Z plot. There is so much going on. They go to space, they go to ancient Egypt, they go to New Orleans, they go to DC. There's time travel, there's ghosts. There's so much is going on. Yeah, this definitely goes down all those paths. And and nothing more so than after this fight is done, Godzilla turns to try to fight this ship again, the Gotengo, and then, uh, but then, as the people are about to get attacked by Godzilla, ah, Manila shows up. Mm-hmm. Manila shows up <laughs> to teach Godzilla a tender moment about peace. <laughs> so he stops. He literally stands between them and him, and he's like, yeah. "No, no, Godzilla, no, it's Dad." Very- it's very cornball. It's like the kid is like trying to tell the humans, no, don't attack Godzilla. And and the, and Manila is trying to tell Godzilla, like, no, don't attack the humans. And then they have like this moment of understanding. And then I'm like, oh, okay, come on. I just yeah. attack you. And um, then Manila <laughs> finally, ro- Manila shoots his fire breath for the first time. Yeah. And, and, then they, and then Godzilla is like, yay. And then they leave, just leave a decimated Tokyo behind them. And then Godzilla yeah. roars once more. And it's like, yeah. Godzilla, it's fifty cool. years, and then everyone kind of pairs off, uh, pairs up at the end too. You have yeah, all the all the like, you know, potential love interests. Except, um, you had like this weird sexual tension that was unrequited between the two leads, where they're just like standing next to each other, but they don't kiss and they don't do anything, but they're just yeah. like awkwardly standing next to each other. I thought it was the same thing. I was like, oh, they're not gonna just pair them up. They're not gonna. I mean, because the guy's the hunk, my hunk of the movie. I mean, this guy is gorgeous. And they don't, yeah, they don't eventually pair them off or anything. I was like, oh, they're surprised. But it's just implied that, the, it's implied that they may go on a date. They may go on a date. <laughs> it's so reserved. It's so funny. Um, I do have one other clip I wanted to play. I think this this yes. was when Gordon talks to X right after Godzilla either dispatches Ibira and the Smog Monster at the same time, or it was right after the Caesar fight. I think it was right after the Caesar fight. So, Gordon talks to X, and then X is, you know, pretty impressed by Godzilla's performance. Here's what he says. This Godzilla guy is one tough dude. Yes! Yes! I'm so glad you pulled that. (laughs) Interesting. He's one (laughs) tough dude. (laughs) Interesting. And that's exactly like... That's exactly how I would describe Godzilla. Yeah, he's one tough dude. <laughs> this Godzilla, I'll tell you something I learned today. This Godzilla 
is one tough dude. <laughs> yep, and that is interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. Yeah, I mean, I fucking loved this movie. The critical, uh, clear, critical reception was was actually pretty. Uh, the, I mean, it was mixed, but it, it, you know, this speaks to we talk we talk about this a lot on the podcast that there's a couple different types of Godzilla movies. This is the one. This is one like the 2019 Godzilla where it's like the human story is like technically doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense, but it doesn't fucking matter because you're seeing a ton of monster fights. So if you're there for the human story or whatever, go, you know, suck an egg because <laughs> that's not what this one's for. So you had people like uh, uh, you had uh, cinema fast, uh, cinema, cinema fantastique. Oh my goodness. They called it utterly fantastic and a rush of explosive excitement. Um, and they, you got the film threat, loved it. They gave it four out of five stars. But then you had people that were like, oh, I give it one and a half stars. Somebody from the Boston Globe who needs them saying that it was focused too much on action and not enough on story, calling it 35 minutes longer than necessary. Where have you heard this before? This is exactly what they said about the 2019 one. Yep. Yeah, people people who are Godzilla fans, I think, will really enjoy this one. If you're a fan of the monster stuff, if you're you know if you like that just hard hitting action, high octane drum and bass music, um, yeah, it doesn't let you get a chance to catch your breath, and that's what I liked about this movie. Highly recommended. It. It's one of my favorite Godzilla movies. I don't know if it's my, I'd, I'd definitely put it in my top ten. I don't know if it's in my top five. Um, for sure, you know, top but, ten. I'd have to, you know, when, once we finish watching all of these, we have to rank. We have yes. to do a rank because I I, I I need to see all the I need to see the names of all of them in, in line first. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm curious to see how many that we rank together in the same rank, uh, the same position, too. Yeah. Um, but before we go, I know we have um, some some uh, some voicemail I wanted to play. Great. Uh, this, yep. Uh, somebody called in and asked us a question about uh, the U.S. versus Japanese interpretation of Godzilla's. Here's that voicemail. Hey, George, I was just calling to ask about your opinion on America basically taking over Godzilla for its own perverted uses when Japan had made it pretty clear where they wanted it to go. Um, because in my opinion, when I think of Godzilla as an American, I think death, destruction, the U.S. Army coming in and Los Angeles being destroyed. But I know that originally it was used more as a propaganda tool. Um, so I just wanted to know what you think of the American Godzilla versus the Japanese Godzilla. I know you probably already covered it before, but I just wanted to call in and see what your opinion was. Thanks a lot. Oh, interesting question. Thank you for calling. Um, you know, we've talked about the American interpretation of Godzilla versus the Japanese for, uh, for years or not years, but, uh, for several episodes, we've talked about like some of the comparisons. I think one of the biggest... Um, contrasts you can see is if you look at the 1998 Matthew Broderick Godzilla, Godzilla is kind of just a big action movie. That's how that's how Americans generally interpret Godzilla, whereas mm -hmm. some of the Japanese ones, like the masterful Shin Godzilla, is oh, making so a good. statement. And the original yes. Godzilla is making a statement. They're talking about the impacts of nuclear war and the fallout. In America, we don't have that cultural perspective. We don't have that point of view. We've never been bombed, thankfully, knock on wood, but like um, yeah. we've never we've never had to experience that so it's not our um tool it's not our storytelling it's not a metaphor 
that we're using to tell like a greater political message. So I think that's right. the biggest difference. What do you think, Haley? Uh, yeah, I think so too. I think the exact same uh, as you, George. I think the the deep metaphor that is representing a, an incredibly painful scar uh, on our country doesn't exist. I, I do. Th- I think to our equivalent, the closest we could get would be like our civil war sort of thing. And Godzilla obviously has nothing to do with that. So, uh, but that's also why you can keep churning out civil war movies every couple of years in America, because we are obsessed with our own civil war. So I think that's the biggest difference, but I also like, I will say that I think it's good that America is, is trying to take it on and, and seeing where we can take it, where we can move it. Um, I think that, you know, I always love the Japanese ones best, but you know, that's, this is how stuff grows. This is how it happens. And, uh, in conclusion, let me write the next one. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'm biased, but I'd watch a Haley Mancini Godzilla movie. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, thanks for that voicemail. That was awesome. Uh, and we have some really great guests coming up. I've got us, I've got us lined up, uh, for future guests. Uh, now, now that, uh, we've gotten into the swing of things, uh, and, and hopefully, you know, things stay calm enough for us to do that for you guys. Uh, but we have some really, really awesome guests coming up in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us at zero underscore Godzilla on Twitter, Z E R O underscore Godzilla. Uh, you can follow me at Haley Mancini. And I'm at Maddox Rules. And again, if you want to leave any voicemails, go to madcastmedia.com. Click on any Godzilla vs. Podcast Zero episode. And the phone number is at the bottom of the page. We look forward to hearing your voicemails. We listen to all of them. And, you know, any comments you might want to leave. Fan art. Send us those fan arts. Uh, We love them. Um, And then, you know, we didn't have a guest this week. So we're we're probably, uh, you know, we're we're missing out on some awesome uh, Thomas Perkins kaijus. Mm -hmm, But uh, but keep those fingers warm. Yeah, yeah. We've got some more coming. Yeah, we got more. We got more coming. That's right. We've got a lot more coming. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, I'm George. I'm Haley. I've invited you here to discuss something that's very important. We welcome you. <laughs> hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network. <laughs> <laughs>